Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the drop-down menu and find read ACIMOE. Also in that drop-down menu, there's an option to subscribe to receive a daily excellent email from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the text reading that we share every morning here as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. Today we continue our reading of Chapter 5, Healing and Wholeness with Section 8, Time and Eternity. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 59, which is review of the ideas as follows. God goes with me wherever I go. God is my strength. Vision is his gift. God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. God is the light in which I see. And God is the mind with which I think. And by way of opening this morning, uh, I was just so happy to turn to the gifts of God, uh, Helen's book of poetry, for one of my very most favorites that expressed this life in God, called The Singing Reed. My eyes would look upon the Son of God, for this I came to overlook the world, and seeing it forgiven, Understand its holiness is but the truth in me. The Christ walks forth in every step I take. God shines within me, lighting up the world in radiant joy. The Holy Spirit comes with me lest I should turn and lose the way. For God has given me a goal to reach and made certain that I cannot fail. And so he gave me eyes to see beyond appearances and shadows. I will see the Son of God exactly as he is. And in that sight is all the world transformed and blessed forever with the love of God. How holy are my footsteps which go to do the will of God, whose Son I am. And how forever perfect is my will which is in no way separate from his own. God is the strength in which I trust. Thank you. Amen. Oh, that was that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Yes, it Thanks was. Thank you, Lori. So Amen. perfect. Oh, yes. It uh, unquestionably, isn't it, just Thank you. I'm glad you guys liked it this morning. It's a real anchor to turn to, isn't it? All right, my friends, here's our reading list. Uh, we have Fran, Lemoyne, Robin Marie, Karen, Lana, and Jessica. And we're joined in listening this morning by Judy and Patricia. Uh, has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning be on the reading list? Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Mrs. Donovan. Uh, yes, um, Donna can read. Was that you, Sandra? Did you say you could read? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you. Good very morning. Much. I'm here. Uh, I'm Good listening. morning, Ida. Thank you. All righty. Thank you. Okay. I think we can get underway. Excellent. Excellent reading, Time and Eternity, which is in Chapter 5, Healing and Wholeness, Section 8. We'll begin today at Paragraph 70. The continuing will to remain separated is the only possible reason for continuing guilt feelings. We have said this before, but we did not emphasize the destructive results of this decision at that time. Any decision of the mind will affect both behavior and experience. Any decision of the mind will affect both behavior and experience. What you will, you expect. This is not delusional. Your mind does create your future and it can turn back to full creation at any minute if it accepts the atonement first. It will also turn back to full creation the instant it has done so. Having given up its thought disorder, the proper ordering of thought becomes quite apparent. Brain. Chapter 5, Healing and Wholeness, Section 8, Time and Eternity, in paragraph 70, the continuing will to remain separated is the only possible reason for continuing guilt feelings. We have said this before, but we did not emphasize the destructive results of this decision at that time. Any decision of the mind will affect both behavior and experience. What you will, you expect. This is not delusional. Your mind does create your future and they can turn it back to full creation any minute if it accepts the atonement first. It will also turn back to full creation the instant it has done so. Having given up its thought disorder, the proper ordering of thought becomes quite apparent. 71. God in his knowledge is not waiting, but his kingdom is bereft while you wait. All the sons of God are waiting for your return just as you are waiting for theirs. Delay does not matter in eternity, but it is tragic in time. You have elected to be in time rather than eternity and have therefore changed your belief in your status. Yet your election is both free and alterable. You you do not belong in time. Your place is only in eternity where God himself placed you forever. Thank you, Fran and Lemoyne. God in his knowledge is not waiting, but his kingdom is bereft while you wait. All the sons of God are waiting for your return, just as you are waiting for theirs. Delay does not matter in eternity, but it is tragic in time. You have elected to be in time rather than eternity, and have therefore changed your belief in your status. Yet your election is both free and alterable. You do not belong in time. Your place is only in eternity, where God himself placed you forever. Guilt feelings are the preservers of time. 
They induce fears of future retaliation or abandonment and thus ensure that the future will remain like the past. This is the ego's continuity and it gives a false sense of security through the belief that you cannot escape from it. But you can and must. God offers you the continuity of eternity in exchange. When you choose to make this exchange, you will simultaneously exchange guilt for joy, viciousness for love, and pain for peace. My role is only to unchain your will and make it free. Your ego cannot accept this freedom and will oppose your free decision at every possible moment and in every possible way. And as its maker, you recognize what it can do because you gave it the power to do it. Thank you, Lemoyne. On Robin Marie. Seventy-two. Guilt feelings are the preservers of time. They induce fears of future retaliation or abandonment and thus ensure that the future will remain like the past. Since the ego's continuity and gives it a false sense of security through the belief that you cannot escape from it, but you can and must. God offers you the continuity of eternity in exchange. When you choose to make this exchange, you will simultaneously exchange guilt for joy, viciousness for love, and pain for peace. My role is only to unchain your will and make it free. Your ego cannot accept this freedom and will oppose your free decision at every possible moment and in every possible way. And as its maker, you recognize what it can do because you gave it the power to do it. 73. The mind does indeed know its power because the mind does indeed know God. Remember the kingdom always and remember that you who are part of the kingdom cannot be lost. The mind that was in me is in you for God creates with perfect fairness. Let the Holy Spirit remind you always of his fairness and let me teach you how to share it with your brothers. How else can the chance to claim it for yourself be given you? What you do not understand is that the two voices speak for different interpretations of the same thing simultaneously or almost simultaneously. For the eagle always speaks first. Alternate interpretations were unnecessary until the first one was made, and speaking itself was unnecessary before the ego, and speaking itself was unnecessary before the ego was made. Thank you, Robin Marie. Karen. 73. The mind does indeed know its power. 
because the mind does indeed know God. Remember the kingdom always. And remember that you who are part of the kingdom cannot be lost. The mind that was in me is in you. For God creates with perfect fairness. Let the Holy Spirit remind you always of his fairness. And let me teach you how to share it with your brothers. How else can the chance to claim it for yourself be given you? What you do not understand is that the two voices speak for different interpretations of the same thing simultaneously, or almost simultaneously, for the ego always speaks first. Alternate interpretations were unnecessary until the first one was made, and speaking itself was unnecessary before the ego was made. 74. The ego speaks in judgment, and the Holy Spirit reverses its decisions, much as the Supreme Court has the power to reverse the lower court's decisions about the laws of this world. The ego's decisions are always wrong because they are based on a complete fallacy which they were made to uphold. Nothing the ego perceives is interpreted correctly. Not only does it cite scripture for its purpose, but it even interprets scripture as a witness for itself. The Bible is a fearful thing to the ego because of its prejudiced judgment. Perceiving it as fearful, it interprets it fearfully. Having made you afraid, you do not appeal to the higher court because you believe its judgment would be against you. Thank you, Karen. And Lana. Okay, uh, 74. Sorry for my scratchy voice. The ego speaks in judgment, and the Holy Spirit reverses its decisions, much as the Supreme Court has the power to reverse the lower court's decisions about the laws of this world. The ego's decisions are always wrong because they are based on a complete fallacy which they were made to uphold. Nothing the ego perceives is interpreted correctly. Not only does it cite scripture for its purpose, but it even interprets scripture as a witness for itself. The Bible is a fearful thing to the ego because of its prejudiced judgment. Perceiving it as fearful, it interprets it fearfully. Having made you afraid, you do not appeal to the higher court because you believe its judgment would be against you. We need cite only a few examples to see how the ego's interpretations 
have misled you. A favorite ego quotation is, in quotes, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. Another is, in quotations, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Still another is, in quotes, I will visit the sins of the Father unto the third and fourth generation. And also, in quotes, the wicked shall perish. There are many others, but if you will let the Holy Spirit reinterpret these in his own light, they will suffice. Thank you, Lana and Jessica. 75. We need cite only a few examples to see how the ego's interpretations have misled you. A favorite ego quotation is, quote, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. Another is, quote, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Still another is, I will visit the sins of the father unto the third and fourth generation. And also, quote, the wicked shall perish. There are many others, but if you will let the Holy Spirit reinterpret these in his own light, they will suffice. As ye sow, so shall ye reap, merely means that what you believe to be worth cultivating you will cultivate in yourself. Your judgment of what is worthy makes it worthy for you. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, is easily explained if you remember that ideas increase only by being shared. This quotation therefore emphasizes the fact that vengeance cannot be shared. Give it, therefore, to the Holy Spirit, who will undo it in you, because it does not belong in your mind, which is part of God. Thank you, Jessica. I'm Donna. Uh, uh, 76. Quote, as you sow, so shall you reap, end quote, merely means that what you believe to be worth cultivating, you will cultivate in yourself. Your judgment of what is worthy makes it worthy for you. Quote, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, end quote, is easily explained if you remember that the ideas increase only if you remember that Ideas increase only by being shared. This quotation, therefore, emphasizes the fact that vengeance cannot be shared. Give it, therefore, to the Holy Spirit, who will undo it in you, because it does not belong in your mind, which is part of God. 77. Quote, I will visit the sins of the fathers unto the third and fourth generations, end quote. As interpreted by the ego, 
is as interpreted by the ego is particularly vicious. It is used, in fact, as an attempt to guarantee its survival beyond itself. Actually, all the quotation means is that the Holy Spirit in later generations retains the power to interpret correctly what former generations have thought and thus release their thoughts from the ability to produce fear anywhere in the sonship. Quick quote, the wicked shall perish, end quote, is merely a statement of fact in the word, quote, perish, end quote, if the word perish is properly understood. Every loveless thought must be undone. Even the word, quote, undone, quote, is fearful to the ego, which interprets, quote, I am undone, end quote, as, quote, I am destroyed, end quote. Thank you, Donna. And Sandra. <clears throat> 77. I will visit the sins of the father unto the third and fourth generation as interpreted by the ego is particularly vicious. It is used, in fact, as an attempt to guarantee its survival beyond itself. Actually, all the quotation means is that the Holy Spirit in later generations retains the power to interpret correctly what former generations have thought and thus release their thoughts from the ability to produce fear anywhere in the sonship. The wicked shall perish is merely a statement of fact if the word perish is properly understood. Every loveless thought must be undone. Even the word undone is fearful to the ego, which interprets it, I am undone, as, which interprets, I am undone, as I am destroyed. 78. The ego will not be destroyed because it is part of your thought, but because it is uncreative and therefore unsharing, it will be reinterpreted entirely to release you from fear. The part of your thought which you have given to the ego will merely return to the kingdom where your whole mind belongs. The ego, uh, the ego is a form of arrest, but arrest is merely delay. It does not involve the concept of punishment, although the ego welcomes that interpretation. You can delay the completion of the kingdom, but you cannot introduce the concept of assault into it. <clears throat> Thank you, Sandra. Um, would there be a new reader for uh, 78 and 79? <clears throat> that's that's Judy? 
Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead. The ego will not be destroyed because it's part of your thought. But because it is uncreative and therefore unsharing, it will be reinterpreted entirely to release you from fear. The part of your thought which you have given to the ego will merely return to the kingdom where your whole mind belongs. The ego is a form of arrest, but arrest is merely delay. It does not involve the concept of punishment, although the ego welcomes that interpretation. You can delay the completion of the kingdom, but you cannot introduce the concept of assault into it. When I said, quote, I come, I am, I am come as a light. I am come as a light into the world, unquote. I surely came to share the light with you. Remember the symbolic reference we made before to the ego's dark glass. And remember also that we said, do not look there. It is still true that, quote, where you look to find yourself is up to you, unquote. It is still true that where you look to find yourself is up to you, unquote. The capital higher court will not condemn you. It will merely dismiss the case against you. <laughs> I love this. There can be no case against the capital child of God in every witness to guilt and every witness to guilt in God's creation is bearing false witness to God himself. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Nothing you read for 79 and 80. Is that you, Mindy? That's me clearing my throat, getting ready. <laughs> yes. All righty. Thank you. Well, 79. When I said, quote, I am come as a light into the world, end quote, I surely came to share the light with you. Remember the symbolic reference we made before to the ego's dark glass. And remember also that we said, quote, do not look there, end quote. It is still true that, quote, where you look to find yourself is up to you, end quote. The higher court will not condemn you. It will merely dismiss the case against you. There can be no case against the child of God, and every witness to guilt in God's creations is bearing false witness to God himself. 80. Kill everything you believe gladly to God's own higher court because it speaks for him and therefore speaks truly. It will dismiss the case against you, however careful you, you have built it. Now, I'm going to say that again because there's a italicized word there. It will dismiss the case against you, however carefully you have built it. The case may be foolproof, but it is not God-proof. <laughs> the voice for God will not hear it at all because he can only witness truly. His verdict will always be, quote, thine is the kingdom, end quote, because he was given you to remind you of what you are. Thank you, Mindy. 
And is there another reader for 80 and 81? Eighty and eighty-one. All right, back to you, Fran. Eighty. Appeal everything you believe gladly to God's own higher court, because it speaks for Him and therefore speaks truly. It will dismiss the case against you, however carefully you have built it. The case may be foolproof, but it is not Godproof. The voice for God will not hear it at all because he can only witness truly. His verdict will always be, quote, thine is the kingdom, unquote, because he was given you to remind you of what you are, 81. Your patience with each other is your patience with yourselves. Is not a child of God worth patience? I have shown you infinite patience because my will is that of our Father from whom I learned of infinite patience. His voice was in me as it is in you, speaking for patience towards the sonship in the name of his creator. What you need to learn now is that only infinite patience can produce immediate effects. This is the way in which time is exchanged for eternity. Infinite patience calls upon infinite love, and by producing results now, it renders time unnecessary thank you friend um, and Lloyd your patient <clears throat> excuse me your patience with each other is your patience with yourself is not a child of God worth patience? I have shown you infinite patience because my will is that of our Father, from whom I learned of infinite patience. His voice was in me as it is in you, speaking for patience towards the Sonship in the name of its Creator. What you need to learn now is that only infinite patience can produce immediate effect. This is the way in which time is exchanged for eternity. Infinite patience calls upon infinite love, and by producing results now, it renders time unnecessary. To say that time is temporary is merely redundant. We have repeatedly said that time is a learning device which will be abolished when it is no longer useful. The Holy Spirit, who speaks for God in time, also knows that time is meaningless. He reminds you of this in every passing moment of time because it is his special function to return you to eternity and remain to bless your creations there. He is the only blessing you can truly give because he is so truly blessed and because he has been given you so freely by God, you must give him as you received him. Thank you, Lemoyne uh, and Robin Marie.
82. To say that time is temporary is merely redundant. We have repeatedly said that time is a learning device which will be abolished when it is no longer useful. The Holy Spirit, who speaks for God in time, also knows that time is meaningless. He reminds you of this in every passing moment of time because it is his special function to return you to eternity and remain to bless your creations there. He is the only blessing you can truly give because he is so truly blessed and because he has been given you so freely by God. You must give him as you received him. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, everyone who read this marvelous section here today. Um, I think I'm going to just highlight two paragraphs before we open the floor, if I may. That would be paragraph 80. Appeal everything you believe gladly to God's own higher court because it speaks for him and therefore speaks truly. It will dismiss the case against you, however carefully you have built it. The case may be foolproof, but it is not God-proof. voice for God will not hear it at all because he can only witness truly. His verdict will always be, thine is the kingdom, because he was given you to remind you of what you are. Your patience with each other is your patience with yourselves. Is not a child of God worth patience? I have shown you infinite patience because my will is that of our Father from whom I learned of infinite patience. His voice was in me as it is in you. Speaking for patience toward the sonship in the name of its creator. What you need to learn now is that only infinite patience can produce immediate effects. This is the way in which time is exchanged for eternity. Infinite patience calls upon infinite love and by producing results now, it renders time unnecessary. Amen. And the floor is open for just a few minutes here before the top of the hour. If anyone has any immediate impressions. Donna? <clears throat> I just love it, Barry, uh, when we're of one mind. Paragraph 81, your patience with each other is your patience with yourselves. And the last sentence in there, infinite patience. Infinite patience. Uh, this is something I didn't have words for what I was trying to learn. The Holy Spirit is teaching me peace be still, <clears throat> which I didn't have until I just said it. It's so incredible to be able to understand what patience really is. It's not it's non judgment. 
because usually we're sparked when we lose our patience. And um, and what came to me was a scripture. <clears throat> I said, "Oh, because what what I do when I." try to not get involved in something that my uh, egoic emotions have been caught up in is the idea of resting comes to me. And I didn't have a meaning for that either until paragraph 81. And then I said, oh, this is what God is doing in Genesis when it says, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work, which he created and made. So as I seek to step into my godness, my Christhood, now I can see it to us this looks like God has a lot of patience with us but no he knows his work is perfect he knows his work is finished and of course does tell us he's bereft without our or he knows we're not there so to speak but once once we understand if we're not resting as God rest if we don't have the infinite patience with impossible brothers and sisters that we rub elbows with in this human life uh, we're not doing our work so our work is to really literally see everyone as Christ I'm so blessed thank you God for bringing me here and thank you all for being here I am complete oh thank you Donna I just love that. It reminded me of um, something really fun. On the seventh day, God rested. On the eighth day, he created the ability to laugh. And a lot of people slept in. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Hi, good morning. It's Lana, and, um, you know, I just love this section on infinite patience. You know, it's it's one of those quotes, infinite patience brings immediate results that really had me stumped for a while um, and until uh, my eyes were open. And in this part, he says an exchange is made. And, um, and we all remember, I think, that um, Jesus says that now, is the closest approximation we have to eternity um, in time. You know, and it, and it says here that infinite patience calls upon infinite love and by producing results now. So when I come to this present moment um, and offer patience by sharing it with my brothers, offering it to them, um, I am exchanging time for timelessness. Infinity is a timeless 
state. And I have to remember that all I need do is be willing to offer infinite patience. And in the willingness to offer infinite patience, that instant, that moment is time as is how time disappears. You know, it's it's it also reminds me that miracles um, occur in a timeless state. So I, you know, this. I thought I would have to offer be patient for hundreds of years <laughs> before I'd see my immediate results. You know, it's kind of like um, an oxymoron. Uh, but it's truly when I come to this present moment, to this closest approximation I have to eternity, I exchange all that time for the infinite. Um, infinity that is God and, and which is eternity. And, and just one other um, thing I wanted to share was, um, you know, when I think of God's infinite love and infinite joy and infinite peace and infinite happiness, I'm, I, I don't attach a time meaning to it. It's more of a quality, you know, God's God's love is infinite. His joy is infinite. You know, it's it's kind of like a quality of patience that um, we bring to it um, and through our relationship with God and Holy Spirit that um, it happens immediately at that moment that I express the willingness to have it be. So um, it... it, it this section has always been clarifying for me about how infinite patience brings immediate results. So anyhow, I'm complete, and I'm sorry for the background noises. I'm on the porch because it's a lovely day here in New Hampshire. Um, I'm complete. Thank you. Uh, the noise isn't noticeable, and thank you so much for everything you said, Lana. Just beautiful. Yes. Thank, yes, you. thank you. Thank you, Lana. And and thank you for mentioning that you're in a lovely day. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. No, thank oh, you, thank Marie. you. Well, let's have our lesson, shall we? Um, I feel my heart is so ready. So, Fran, uh, if you'd lead us this morning, I would just love that again. Thank you. Sure. Hi, everybody. We're on the first part of the workbook, and we are on the first review. And today we're on Lesson 59, which is a review of Lesson 41 through 42, 43, 44, 45. So what I'll do is read the lesson, and then we will do a one-minute meditation. And after the five, we'll do a three-minute meditation on all of them. So here goes. Lesson 41. God goes with me wherever I go. How can I be alone when God always goes with me? How can I be doubtful and unsure of myself when perfect certainty abides in him? How can I be disturbed by anything when he rests in me in absolute peace? How can I suffer 
when love and joy surround me through him. Let me not cherish illusions above my, about myself. I am perfect because God goes with me wherever I go. Lesson 41, God goes with me wherever I go. One minute. Lesson 42, God is my strength. Vision is his gift. Let me not look to my own eyes to see today. Let me be willing to exchange my pitiful illusion of seeing for the vision that is given by God. Christ's vision is his gift, and he has given it to me. Let me call upon this gift today, so that this day, may help me to understand eternity. Lesson 42. God is my strength. Vision is his gift. One minute. Lesson 43, God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. I can see what God wants me to see. I cannot see anything else beyond his will. I cannot see anything else. Beyond his will lie only illusions. It is these I choose when I think I can see apart from him. It is these I choose when I try to see through the body's eyes. Yet the vision of Christ has been given me to replace them. It is through this vision that I choose to see. Lesson 43, God is my source. 
I cannot see apart from him. One minute. Lesson 44, God is the light in which I see. I cannot see in darkness. God is the only light. Therefore, if I am to see, it must be through him. I have tried to define what seeing is, and I have been wrong. Now it is given me to understand that God is the light in which I see. Let me welcome vision and the happy world it will show me. Lesson 44, God is the light in which I see. One minute. Forty-five, God is the mind with which I think. I have no thoughts I do not share with God. I have no thoughts apart from him because I have no mind apart from his. As part of his mind, my thoughts are his and his thoughts are mine. Forty-five, God is the mind with which I think. One minute.
God goes with me wherever I go. God is my strength. Vision is his gift. God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. God is the light in which I see. God is the mind with which I think. Three minutes. God goes with me wherever I go. God is my strength. Vision is his gift. God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. God is the light in which I see. God is the mind with which I think. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Oh, thank you so much, Fran. Go ahead. I'll go okay, after. Thanks. Okay. Um, this is Ida, and I need help right now in establishing those thoughts which we just read, which Fran read to us within myself, because um, something happened at breakfast. Um, the guy had the phone turned up too loud and the other guy didn't like the music or the loudness or whatever, so he yelled at him and pounded the table and cursed at him. And that guy he cursed at is fine. And I don't have any problem with him, but I found myself thinking all these bad thoughts about this guy who laughs at people's misfortunes and all this kind of stuff. Um, thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thank you for your willingness, Ida. These thoughts I do not want. You know, sometimes that's really, really, really helpful to recognize, and that's what I heard you do. These thoughts I do not want. Oh, thank you for your willingness. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. And all of you. Good morning, Karen. Okay, um, this is really on point with you, Ida. Um, earlier this morning, I shared this on the first call, but it was such a powerful experience. I wanted to to ground it more deeply. Um, someone crossed my mind, and I had a critical thought of the person. But I was observing this critical thought. And I had the thought, I don't want this thought. You know, I don't want this thought. This is my delusional thought system. I don't want to see this person as annoying or whatever the ego is saying, you know. And so I, had, I went inside and I said, let me see this brother as the Christ. And I thought, this person is the Christ. That's the whole point of vision. Vision is so that I can open my recognition of the truth through the mind of God, through the light that, that vision shines, through, through my source who gave me vision as a gift, you know, through the strength of God. I have the Christ in my own mind. And it said yesterday, um, this is definitely paraphrasing or just some takeaway of how I interpreted it, but basically what it was saying yesterday is that um, to, to really give up guilt and to really own my innocence and own my holiness, I have, to, I have to be willing to see it. I have to see it. I have to believe it. It said, believe, you can believe in falsehood. 
and it'll be real for you because your mind has a creative power. But anything that has to do with guilt, whether it's projected outward or inward, is a lie, is a falsehood. Today it said that guilt only serves one purpose, to continue the separation, to uphold the separation. So instantly this morning, and it was probably after I read the text the first time by myself and and did the lessons before any calls, I had this thought. And it's just a knee-jerk reaction. It's just a habit mind. You know, oh, this person. And I said, no, let me see this person as the Christ. And I thought, God is in this person. Christ is in this person. Jesus said yesterday, recognize me in your brother. Make that real to you. Make that real to you. Accept that that is real. That's the key to accepting my own holiness, my own innocence, giving up my own guilt. So I did that. And I've got to tell you that my face just broke out into such a smile of joy. I felt so much love flowing through me. And it wasn't, it wasn't personal love. It wasn't love that was like for any specific thing. But it was the joy and the love of my true self, my higher self. And then I just decided to keep doing it. And I did it, you know, against with Donald Trump. That was a little tricky because my mind is so holding up. My ego mind is like so, you know, contracted in fear. And I just had to just say that, you know, whatever my body's eyes are seeing, whatever appearances are happening, that beyond that is the truth of who we all are, which is our soul, which is that we are part of God. We are thoughts in the mind of God. We are uh, one self, one sonship. And, you know, this world is all about waking up. So there's a lot going on that that are just ego illusions. Anyway, um, I just... Uh, stop I guess there you know I I really have to keep reinforcing that in my mind you know because my mind has very very difficult habit habit energy and I just have to keep giving it to the Holy Spirit I have to keep giving it to the Christ and okay one more thing so I shared this on the earlier call and I know that I've shared it on this call before but it was so beautiful and powerful when I said it before so a devotee was looking for a spiritual master. He was out and about looking for his guru, and he went to all these saints and sadhus in India, and he posed the question, where is God? And, and he got a lot of answers, but, you know, nothing really, you know, really zinged him. And he came to Papa Ramdas, who was Richard Alpert Ramdas of Be Here Now. It was his guru, Papa Ramdas. And he said to Papa Ramdas, where's God? And Papa Ramdas responded, I can hardly see you for the face of God. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, wow. That's just melt me in a puddle. Thank you, Karen. Thank you again, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Your whole story was great. Karen, Uh that was powerful. Thank you. (laughs) And you're right. It was on point. 
with what I said. <laughs> I I had a a kind of like a a visual when you were talking, Ida, about this person that's just so ruffled and so crusty all over and just crusty and depending on his ego and has a lot of fear so he's building on that crust and and um, it's okay to see that and it's okay to know that inside he's really soft and hurting and to uh, just to respond to that part um, and that's all. That's all that I I was seeing. Thanks. Thank you so much. Oh, beautiful. Thanks, Robert Murray. Robert Murray, you um, you reminded me of um, something Jesus once said to me. It's 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 uh, kind of a rhymey thing. He says, "Thoughts come, thoughts go. That's what thoughts do." It's only when I latch on to one that I make it real in my experience. So as long as I maintain this position of being the observer of my thoughts um, and just allow them to pass through me and out of me, I really don't have to do anything else because... Um, just the energy of being allows an energy is always movement unless I step in and block it. So um, anyway, uh, what you shared uh, reminded me of that. And, and I also wanted to say, to say something about um, exchange. Jesus uses that word a lot in this reading today. And I and I wanted to just share one little passage um, about it because it really points to the whole mechanics of miracles and forgiveness, um, where he says God offers you the continuity of eternity um, in, ex- uh, in as an exchange when you choose to make this exchange, you will simultaneously exchange guilt for love, I mean, sorry, guilt for joy, viciousness for love, and pain for peace. My role is, this is Jesus speaking, my role is only to unchain your will and make it free. So um, what this is, is telling me that it, um, that once I make a decision to exchange my guilty thoughts for for uh, loving thoughts, God um, Jesus is there to unchain my will, so I can express my willingness at that moment, and um, it happens the healing and the exchange happens simultaneously. You know, it's just like when we had that original tiny mad idea. In the instant we had it, it was healed and undone simultaneously. So in effect, it never happened at all. 
Um, and and Jesus says that um, the only thing we ever need do is be willing to to give that to to express our willingness. And there's Jesus right there, um, unchaining our willingness, so it's free. Our will is free. Um, to make that choice and express that willingness and Holy Spirit is there to complete the healing process and it all happens it's all happening now in that present moment that closest approximation we have to eternity that's the meeting place where truth overrides um, illusions and undoes them and the word exchange I don't know it seems easier for me to embrace than you know letting go or undo you know that sounds like work to me but when I make an exchange <laughs> you know the exchange just seems like an easier process okay I'll give you my guilt now you give me my love, your love, <laughs> um, and the deed is done. So anyhow, I'm complete. Thank yeah. you for this. And, and knowing that the Holy Spirit is right there helping whoever it is that you're having trouble with. Right. You yeah. let that go, that the Holy Spirit's going to do that work for you. Yes. That you don't Absolutely. have to do anything else. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, forgiveness, that's the key. Forgiveness is done for us, not by us. We just have to stay out of the way. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for saying that, especially that part about the Holy Spirit does the work, because I tend yeah. to forget that and think that uh, for forgiveness, I have to do it all of my own uh, power, but, of course, I don't, and on my own power of the ego, I can't. Because the ego is not like that. So thank you so much again. I'm complete. Yeah, thank this you, is Ida. I'm really appreciating you. Thank you, Ida. I'm really appreciating I'm really appreciating the dialogue. Um, and uh, for me, what really struck me today was God is the light in which I see I cannot see darkness. And the reason God is the light is because God includes the darkness. And when the light includes the darkness, there is no more darkness. And, you know, I've been programmed to judge the light as good and the darkness as bad. And the darkness is just as much part of creation as the light is. And God includes everything because God is in everything I see, including the darkness. So when I can, God is the mind in which I think. So if I use God's mind and I see something that I'm, you know, saying to myself, of course, this this whole reading was about judgment, you know, righteous judgment, good and evil and all this stuff. And it's like, I can't judge anything including the darkness in myself or in anybody else. Because, and, and that's what takes the infinite patience. <laughs> because God has this infinite patience and, and, and he's asking me to have that infinite patience as well because I have to include the darkness. 
or what I think is darkness. There is, it's all light because of God. God is the light in which I see. Now it has given me to understand that God is the light in which I see. Let me welcome vision and the happy world it will show me. And what makes me unhappy is when I'm excluding what I think is dark and judging it. And it's not to be judged. It's not to be excluded. God is my source. I cannot see you apart from him. I cannot see me apart from him. Every part of me is, is, is to be included. And it's, it's when I exclude parts of myself that I suffer. When I can include it, and then it, it gives me this wonderful tool to include it and then turn it over to my Holy Spirit, which is like, if I don't include it, then I'm not really turning it completely over because I got some little part of it that, that I'm going to reserve for my judgment of it. And when I can include it all, there is, I, I just, and then I can turn it over. When I don't, sometimes I don't understand it. And that I'll, I'll give myself is this that the lack of understanding, the lack of being able to see the whole picture. Um, but I, so, so then I can just turn it over and know that I'm fine, they're fine, the world is fine. Instead of all this suffering, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of suffering in the past, I would say, year or two or three, and I, I'm just done with it. And, and I think that, that I was supposed to experience all that suffering so that I could be done with it. So now I'm on the road to recovery, and it's a happy, happy road. I'm complete. Amen. All three cheers. Amen. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. Holy, holy heaven. Heaven is my dear. <laughs> is someone else going ahead? All righty then. Um, I love this discussion of time and eternity and um, the word, the words um, election and I have elected to be in time rather than eternity um, changed, changed my status, changed my status to being human in a body under the laws of the world and, um, you know, the, 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 um, that God, all oh, these lessons, the lessons today just really filled me with light and love and the, that love is my power, you know, and that that the fact that God is love and God is everywhere, God is in everything, and that my vision can see this, that I, I don't have any enemies anywhere, that everybody is my friend, that I look upon them with love. And if, if I look upon the world with vision, I remember who I am. And who I am is is really substantiated in the text today, in my understanding of what the ego's use of time is for, and what the Holy Spirit's use of time is for. Because if I am created happy, joyous, and free, limitlessly, limitless joy, limitless freedom, nothing can bind me. I am not bound by anything in the world. 
because I'm purely mind, I'm purely spirit. So these lessons aren't, they're not, they're much, so much more than hints and clues. I mean, this is stating who and what I am in truth. And either I sit down and I own it and claim it and acknowledge it and live and breathe through it and let it live and breathe through me is probably more appropriate. <laughs> He's already given it to me. And the, the text speaks of this as um, a constant, my constant state. Am I aware Am I aware of how God created me? Perfect peace, unchangeable, changeless. Perfect peace, my present peace, my present happiness, my present salvation from anything God did not create, which is the world, which is the body, the body, mind, and the world. God did not create it. We made it. And we are not. We are not bound to, or it has no power over me as a child of God, capital child of God, is the way it is in the text today. I am a capital child. I am the one son. I am all of it. It's all within my mind. You know, but this judgment thing, you know, that, that to perceive perception is to not, it's the choice not to know. So if I'm going to look at my image, Judy, the, my body image, Judy, and look through that instrument of perception, I'm not going to know the truth of who I am because I don't know, I won't know, spirit knows. And spirit and the ego, the body mind, does not know anything. So the recognition is where my truth is and where I need to seek and find it. And everybody, everybody I know on this call knows that seeking outside of myself is mental dis-ease because I'm never going to find it outside of myself. The ego always says, if this is different, I will be perfect. I will be at peace. I will be happy. And that's never going to be true. That's why the ego is so obsessed with controlling externals. It simply isn't the way God created us to operate. And it speaks of how I think will create my future for me. I will to be at peace. You know, this restoration, restoration of my mind to the Garden of Eden, to, a, to the state of mind where my mind is at grace, in grace, in unity, a state of unity. I don't mind what's happening what I, what's appearing, what seems to happen, because it's all a part of the dream. When I go to sleep at night and I dream a dream, I, when I wake up, I don't hang on and try to fix the dream if, if it was a nightmare. I simply say, oh, I'm awake now. <laughs> the dream is over. I'm glad it's over. And this is what the present use of time is about being present here and now, and recognizing the changeless peace and happiness and joy that's not contingent on anything outside of me is free of everything outside of me. It's merely an observer, a knower, a watcher of it. Watching it change and come and go, this too will pass. You know, happy dream, 
happy things happening and sad and sorrowful, hateful things that I might see, people fighting, people swearing, people hurting each other, people wanting to hurt me. But knowing that I'm incapable of being hurt, this is acknowledging everybody's innocence. You can't hurt me, and I free you from guilt. I do not blame you for disturbing my peace because Jude's got her peace and she keeps it. She doesn't disturb her own peace because nobody can deprive me or, or take it from me except me. And for that I am responsible. Ergo, you know, I am responsible for what I think. And who, who or where do I go to find myself? Where do I look to find myself? Where do I look to find out who and what I am? Who am I? Am I at home in the mind of God? Or am I hostage to my body and the world? Am I a victim of the body and the world and everybody else in it and all their crazy stuff they're doing? Or not. They may be doing wonderful things, but, you know, we have to look at, look at everything fully to see how the, the ego thought system works. And I want to pass this course, this course in miracles. I want to I pass it with flying grade, grades. I want to pass it <laughs> and know I've learned what Christ is teaching me here, that nobody can take the kingdom of God from me. Nobody. Nobody. Amen. I'm complete. Fabulous. Thank you, Judy. That was just great. Loved every bit of it. Oh, I did too. Thank you, Judy. Me too. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. And when we forget, isn't it wonderful to have mighty companions? Thanks, guys. We still have 20 minutes or so, my friends, so if there's anyone uh, we haven't heard from, we'd sure love to hear from you. I'm sorry, go ahead. Is that idle? Oh, well. <laughs> I'm just enjoying this uh, 
reviews. Uh, yesterday, my holiness is my salvation. Wow, that stayed with me all day long. Everything that happened, everything that I did, it kept coming back to me. My holiness is my salvation. Wow, I love that. I'm complete. That, uh, that is a perfect lesson, isn't it, friend? Thank you so much. I like to think of that as my wholeness is my salvation, and my wholeness includes the light and the dark. I'm complete. Oh, good point. I want to remember that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sandra. Um, Patricia here. Um, Is my voice clear? Yes. Sounds really good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You inspired me to share um, some an example of this. how the present is a a piece of perfection in this eternal movement of the past being actually upgraded and remade automatically by just being here. And the example of the old ways just being automatically um, used to ripen the new way was a language I heard of parenting children. They don't use light or dark, good or bad um, in the context of them um, canceling each other. They use new words for these little kids. And one example I heard impressed me so much. I want to do it myself. And it's where at the end of the day, or maybe even in a situation where the parent wants the child to be able to express what they're experiencing, they give a metaphor of a plant, that you're observing a plant, it's a rose. And there's a thorn on the rose, and then there's the flowering part of the rose. And so they say to the child, like one example was a mom at the end of every day, checking them into bed at night, say, okay, Johnny, what was the thorn in your day? And then this one I saw, Johnny says, well, Mom, I'd, I'd rather not say it. <laughs> and then Mom laughs and says, okay, honey, what was the rose in your day? And then he said, I found my blankie, I found my blankie, look, Mommy. And he's tickling his nose with the corner of the blanket, saying that was the rose of his day and then there was a quiet his mom's about to leave he says mom I think I could tell you my son now 
Well, I didn't really lose those shoes. I'm hitting them. I hidden them in the closet. And she said, oh, honey, I'll take care of that going for you. Thanks, Mom. Good night. So I had to ask another one I hear adults saying, how is the weather instead of how are you? These open words, they take attention to practice. But, oh, it was so beautiful to watch. I just kept hearing that language during the whole reading of the rose in my situation and so on. Thank you, everybody. Oh, such gentle thoughts. Thank you, Patricia. Thank, Thank you, Patricia. Patricia. That's so beautiful. Thank you. I mean, for me to be able to say, hey, I lied. I lied. I didn't tell the truth. And to feel that just simply being a thorn that's growing the rose and that there's always a rose, that there are both. It's really uh, calling us to feel the power of our words. Love you guys. Mm. Oh, love you too, Patricia. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, I love you too. Uh, Diana, had I heard you start earlier? How about you, Lemoyne? Do you have anything you'd like to offer this morning? doing the getting up earlier thing and I can see there's adjustments needed <laughs> anyway I let my phone expire and uh, when I'm back <clears throat> and uh, yeah I mean I don't know there's a lot I could say about this section 
I love the time and eternity section. And still, you know, there is a there is a, a theme in the course about exchanging thought systems. <clears throat> and uh That's interesting. I didn't mean to use the word exchange, but that that is the that is the thing, and that produces this exchange of guilt for joy, viciousness for love, and pain for peace. And um, you know, it's interesting that. In, That, uh, you know, what he says is the correction offers is the correction needed is to unchain our will and make it free. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think what, what I, one thing I always, I always, I just have to say in the context of this, um, is this thing about patience. And, uh, you know, with when he describes that the issue is one of space-time belief, um, there is a way in which infinite patience extends through all space. And, you know, infinite patience, again, is a, is a way of accepting, you know, to just be willing to let go, or at least, like, say, not right now, <laughs> won't judge right now, <laughs> you know, that it allows the uh, this infinite patience through space in the present is the acceptance of the atonement. Um, and, uh, um, Yeah. So I, I just always like to make that point in the context of eighty one. <clears throat> um, he does speak about time ex- being exchanged for eternity. And uh I I think it may be a way in which uh also specialness is exchanged for unity, that thing of infinite patience. <clears throat> and the other thing that, that came to mind this morning is something like, yeah, you could talk about it, <laughs> is, uh, and from a personal um, perspective, that much of uh you know i i think the this again this thing of exchanging the ego thought system which is based on fear for the thought system of our creator who created everything as an act of love and that this this exchange of a thought system 
has to get to the bottom. And the bottom, you know, I think fear could be defined as a feeling of insecurity. And so it's a lack of, it's believing in a lack of insecurity then, you know, actions are taking, taken, but because it's insecure, there's always the threat of guilt or retaliation, abandonment, you know, all these things happening that um, are not, we won't view as, we don't view as beneficial. <clears throat> and that that thought system, um, it tries, it is clearly unstable because it tries to use insecurity as a secure foundation. And it's just never, never going to produce, you know, I mean, it can be very reliable in practicing it, but it doesn't even produce the reliability, any reliability, except insecurity. And uh, I think this, this, so this is uh, pointing back to the one of the earlier questions. It's like, where am I to go for security? And, um, you know, it's not, it, it just cannot be found in a fear-based thought system. So, um, yeah, the, the, this is this is the the way that the will is unchanged and made free is to give up trying to find security in insecurity. And, uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. I'm complete. No, oh, thank you so much for mine. <laughs> thank you, Lemoyne. I, I keep hearing from everyone today um, that marvelous idea of exchange and um, and as you were talking I was I was drawn to a quote I'll just share it um, because I think it holds the key to escape the in laws of mind in chapter 7 he says no one questions the intimate question, connection between learning and memory Learning is impossible without memory, since it cannot be consistent unless it's remembered. That is why the Holy Spirit is a lesson in remembering. Oh man, I just love that. We said before, he teaches remembering and forgetting. But the forgetting aspect is only to make the remembering consistent. You forget in order to remember better. And you will not understand his translations while you listen to two ways of perceiving them. Therefore, you must forget or relinquish one to understand the other. 
This is the only way you can learn consistency so that you can finally be consistent. And I, I think um, this is the way time is exchanged for eternity. This is the way illusion is exchanged for truth. This is the way fear is exchanged for love and peace and joy. Um, I have to forget the lessons I taught myself when I was listening to the ego voice. And, um, and, and thankfully, I think it gets a little bit easier as I go along. Uh, Karen talked about habit, and, um, and, and the habit of listening to God is easily made, he said, when you realize um, that one way brings you joy and the other way brings you misery. And Sandra, you mentioned I've done a lot of suffering uh, so I can uh, have more peace now, you know. I have a book on my bookshelf from Matt Kahn called Everything is Here to Help You. And the whole upshot of everything that he teaches is that um, this great gift of exchange um, can be made in anything that arises in my awareness that isn't loving and lovable. And when I make that habit, um, when I when I make it my habit uh, to make that exchange, I think that's what he's talking about when he says, um, "As you share my inability to tolerate a lack of love, you join this movement of listening only to my voice, learning." what it has to teach me and becoming able to make better choices as we go along. I think this is the plan of life. And if I understand that everything is here to help me and I take that approach, this lesson today, this review lesson, says exactly that. You know, we're eternally fixed in source and truth and light. And having uh, forgotten that, the Holy Spirit teaches me to remember that. Every lesson is a gift like that, a gift of exchange. (laughs) And I think it was Ida who said something that um, was so very true. The ego cannot forgive. The ego cannot forgive. And as I learn that um, forgiveness asks only for my willingness and Holy Spirit does it for me, I learn I'm not an ego. I become willing to exchange my way of seeing for truth. And I just want to end with um, what gifts we are to each other. You know, he says you'll never... You'll never learn that you're a co-creator with God until you learn that your brother is co-creator with you. Um, How else can I learn uh, what love is except that I learn to share it? 
and um, and make that great exchange um, of fear for love. How else could I? How else could I do that without my brother? Um, it's impossible. And so uh, to recognize that God gave us to each other simply so that we could learn how to share love um, is, is a wonderful thing. And here's where I want to end. I was driving home from a trip one time with my sister and she was pondering a divorce from her husband and the love of her life. I mean, four children and they just, they loved each other so much. But it seemed as if he'd gone away and and she didn't like who she'd become in, in her anger and distress and, and all what have you. So she was talking about it and she was talking about how, you know, maybe maybe sometime, you know, in the future all this will be be gone and, and she'll remember how much she loved him. Because after all, you know, eternity is love. And I, I looked right at her and I said, Carol, um, it's eternity now. It is eternity now. How how could, um, if eternity is what it is, how could it not be now? And it's only the mind that writes an ending to the story. You know, time and eternity. In time, there's an ending to the story. But that's just um, a mistaken idea. And with the lifting of that mistaken idea, um, I think we uh, walk into a whole new world that he calls the kingdom. So the will to share, it's the will to share that um, is the key to escape, I believe. I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That was great. I'm going to remember that all day. Eternity is now. Thank you. Oh, that was so perfect, Laurie. Thank you. It doesn't that just feel great? It's already eternity. What am I waiting for? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh shoot! Wow. Let's see. I I don't know. I think I like this to complete today. It's in the section foundation from fear. Um, let's see, am I on mute? No, am I on no, mute, you guys? No, you're fine. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I, was, I was given one statement to share with you, which was, eternity is just a moment in which we spend in total love. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Okay. In Salvation from Fear, he says, Before your brother's holiness, the world is still, and peace descends on it in gentleness and blessing. Gosh, I heard that this morning. Gentleness and blessing, so complete that not one trace of conflict still remains to haunt you in the darkness of the night. 
He is your savior from the dreams of fear. He is the healing of your sense of sacrifice and fear that what you have will scatter with the wind and turn to dust. In him is your assurance. God is here and with you now. While he is what he is, you can be sure that God is knowable and will be known to you, for he could never leave his own creation. And the sign that this is so lies in your brother, offered you, that all your doubts about yourself may disappear before his holiness. See in him God's creation, for in him, in him his Father waits for your acknowledgement that he created you as part of him. Without you, there would be a lack in God, a heaven incomplete, a son without a father. There, would, there could be no universe and no reality. For what God wills is whole and part of him because his will is one. Nothing alive that is not part of him and nothing is but is alive in him. Your brother's holiness shows you that God is one with him and you and what he has is yours because you are not separate from him nor from his father. Nothing is lost to you in all the universe. Think of this, nothing that God created has he failed to lay before you lovingly as yours forever. Nothing God created has he failed to lay before you lovingly as yours forever. That's the depth to which we belong to each other um, and to God. And um, today's lesson is so worthy of repeating again tomorrow, which is leap year. So um, as we ponder it today, uh, recognize that it will be even broader and greater in our awareness tomorrow as we share it again with each other. Thank you, everyone, and um, thank you for the willingness to share your heart and mind with, with uh, the one mind we share. I'll end the recording, but.